You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll unpack the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. I'd like to welcome everyone to Legally Blissed Conversations and a special welcome today to Valerie Gonzalez. Valerie is the owner of San Gabriel Valley Law, the human resources, actually the human resources law firm protecting California business owners. Prior to becoming an attorney, she had a long career as a human resources professional in hotels, retail, and corporate headquarters. San Gabriel Valley Law leverages her prior experience to provide practical, proactive solutions to common business owner pitfalls, because as Valerie often says, employee issues are legal issues. To Valerie, family is everything. In her free time, she loves playing with her daughter, Camilla, and her one niece and five nephews. She also enjoys teaching as an adjunct professor of human resources in a master's of legal studies HR program, cheering on LA sports teams and volunteering as a volunteer attorney with Christian Legal Aid. Valerie, Thank you again so much for being here and welcome. Let's let's talk about you today. And I want to hear all about your journey to where you are. Thank you, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's talk about all the things. So one thing I want to kind of start out with this. I think that your story is a little bit different um, because you went to law school a little bit later in life. And one thing I had asked about you was what you wanted listeners to know about you. Um is that you were a single mom who changed careers midlife after heartbreaking after heartbreak and becoming a single mom you went to law school at night in order to make a better life for yourself and for your daughter and this is such a beautiful statement you said the best life comes from ad- adversity and women specifically moms hold the strength to do, to do just about anything they set their mind to yeah where do you get your inspiration Oh man. Well, nowadays it's my daughter. So, um, she changed my whole life. I mean, I I had always talked about becoming an attorney as sort of something that, you know, as an attorney now, when you meet people, they say, Oh, I thought about being an attorney. I think everybody thinks about it at some point. Like one second. And then they're like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Because we, it's so, we see it on TV, there's shows. It's such a, um, career that people, um, admire or aspire to. And so I, I always thought about it and I would actually tell people, oh yeah, I think I'll go to law school one day, but I had no motivation and I was making no steps to accomplish that at all. So logically it would have never happened. But when I had my daughter, my whole life changed and suddenly everything got really clear. And the motivation that I lacked prior, the discipline that I lacked, I had it. 
Wow. Because I had to. <laughs> because you had to. I think that's a really, that's really interesting. And I had a feeling, I kind of had a, a gut feeling that you were going to say your daughter was, was your inspiration. That's kind of what it, that's kind of why I led into that. <laughs> um, but I do think it's really interesting that, you know, you did decide to go to law school after having already had a career. So when did you, I, I'm sure it was something that you were thinking about, but like, what was the spark that, like, what caused you to wake up one day and you're like taking the LSAT, applying to law school? Yeah. It's funny that you say wake up one day. Cause it really did feel like that. I know it felt like that for my parents. They were like, what, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it really did kind of happen like that. Um, to be totally honest and frank, I had a really awful boss and I had had really awful bosses multiple times. I had really great bosses too. And some honestly that are my clients now too, which is wonderful. <laughs> Um, great people, but I had a lot of bad bosses and anyone who's had a bad boss, I know can relate. Mm -hmm. And so I had reached my limit and I basically saw that nothing was going to change my life. I saw my life flash before my eyes, the trajectory it was going and that my success was always going to be contingent on someone else's mm. uh, mood, yeah. favor, yeah. Um, ideas, um, their own self-confidence and their own issues. And that was not the life that I wanted for myself or for my daughter. I, I, I knew that I could create a life um, to be proud of if I could do it on my own. Um, but if I was always waiting for other people, then I, I didn't see that I could be successful. So I had reached my limit at work. Yeah. You were, you were done. And I think that's something really interesting that you said that your success was contingent on others. And obviously when you go to law school, it's a totally different situation. So yeah. let's talk about law school. What was it? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, that's really cool that you say that because you're right. You know, law school is not a group project. It's an individual sport, <laughs> and, right? And I loved that. Um I, I love that. And honestly, I didn't really think, I don't think I even really knew that until I got into law school. I don't think I fully grasped that. And so for the first time, you know, everything that I was doing was really on me. There was no one else to, to pass it off to. There was no one else to blame, you know, what I did, what, how much I studied, how well I studied and how well I achieved was all on me. And to me, that was, very, you know, very hard at multiple points, but also very empowering. Yeah. Yeah. So when you graduated from law school, did you go work for a law firm or did you come right out and start to like hang your shingle? How'd that, how'd yeah. That so wow. I, I took my very last law school class, um, in December of 2019. Hey. And then I went and took the February, California, February bar, 2020, and the very next week we went into lockdown as a state. Oh, yeah. 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 And so I, during that time, you know, it was a wonderful time to rest and recuperate. Sure, um, sure. And I got my results three months later and found out I passed. Thank Congratulations. God. Thank you. <laughs> um, but nobody was hiring. Well, and, yeah. yeah. Right. Because our world was in a global pandemic. So it was a very weird time. And yeah. so I actually, um, I had lunch with someone who I had sort of met through volunteer work, a, an attorney who owned a firm nearby, and she offered me a paralegal job. And I was 
licensed. And I kind of had another one of those moments of, you know, my life flashing before my eyes. And it, it caused me to get really crystal clear on what I wanted for my life. And I remember my dad saying, you know, she's, you're going to do all the work. She's going to train you to do all the work and that's okay. She's going to be out kissing the babies, getting the business and you're going to do the work. So if this is the area of law you want to go into, then great. Cause you're going to learn. But if you're on the fence at all, then maybe this isn't for you. And that was all I needed to, to say, you're right. This isn't for me. I could, I can kiss the baby. You can do it. You can kiss the baby. I can do that. Hands, all of the guests. Yes. And uh, so I started right then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did you do it? Like, <laughs> I <myself>. know. <laughs> um, so what was that like for you starting your own practice? Did you know that you wanted to like do this human, human resources law? I mean, because that's a really interesting niche. And I think it's really beautiful the way that you took your experience. Right. And you're like, there's an area of law that is like very niche down that can be very applicable to what I already know a lot about just from kind of this previous experience that you had. Did you know that you were going to go like start the human resources law firm, or did you kind of bump around a little bit before that? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely bumped around, I would say for about six months, um, because that job that that lady offered me was actually in family law. I thought I wanted to do family law and I actually had, um, a, a post bar clerkship with a family law firm where I was, um, learning and such. Um, but, I quickly discovered, like everyone told me, I would, you know, all your professors, they warn you about things that I would not like family law and I, I didn't like it. And I never, I always had in the back of my mind, all this experience that I had had in HR that I didn't want to lose. So I thought about pairing the two, but um, it's very hard to do both. And someone told me, I, I was trying to do both for a, for a long time. And someone told me, you know, um, there's riches and niches. And that was all I needed to hear to drop family law completely and go hard on, on the HR side. And once I did it, once I did that, once I really boiled it down and went hard on that, things really started to happen for me. One thing I noticed about your website, um, is that, and we'll have a link to it here in the show notes. But one thing I noticed is that like, you really know how to speak the language already of your client which is, I think, really huge in, in, you know, in being able to kind of garner that trust with them, right? Like they're already going to know you. And once they get to know you, they're going to like you, you hear this. And then, you know, it's like, can they trust me? But then they see that you can speak their language. You know what they're going for. I mean, you've, you've, you've kind of nailed it in that respect. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say, you know, I am them. I am a small business owner. So I feel very fortunate that I get to work with people who are just like me and I'm just like them. We're just people, real people with real hopes, real dreams, real families, trying to create a life and a legacy for most often, you know, our children, our families, other people. And we're brave enough to do it in what people consider less traditional, possibly harder, debatable ways, you know? Yeah. Um, so I feel they inspire me. They encourage me because we're fighting sort of the same fight. 
Yeah. Yeah. So what has been your kind of your biggest fight, uh, or I guess like your biggest challenge so far as not only a lawyer, but you're also a business owner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. My biggest challenge, there's always new challenges, always different challenges. Let me think. Where do we start? (laughs) Where do I start? Exactly. (laughs) Um, I think probably duplicating myself, you can't duplicate yourself. Um, so you naturally have to hire and that's okay. But in the beginning stages, you, you don't have the budget to hire. So you literally have to duplicate yourself and be, you know, you have to be out, um, kissing the babies and then doing the legal work. And that's hard physically, mentally, emotionally, Um, and so I've had to learn how to take care of myself and listen to my body and take rests, um, and not push that hard every single day of my life because that's not really sustainable. Um, so yeah, basically learning how to balance it all, um, but also take care of myself. Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice. Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice, selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law? Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash bliss for an exclusive introduction. So what has been your favorite thing about being a lawyer and business ownership? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I... I love being a business owner. I think it's the best decision I ever made. And um, I feel like I am living in my purpose. And I know that's kind of a cliche phrase, but I feel like I'm, I'm utilizing all my gifts every single day. And that that's like what people say, firing on all cylinders. That's how I feel. So um, I think, um, gosh, I think just being able to come up with a really strong um, point of view and curating my business to meet the needs of other people. Mm -hmm. So I get to have that flexibility to, you know, if I meet a new client and they're telling me this, they have a problem in this area. And that's something that I have experience in. I can literally create a new service to help them. And so I have the flexibility to, to modify my business, to meet the evolving needs of other people. And that's a really, that's really wonderful thing to be able to do. That's really amazing. So I'm curious, like to me, you have such an entrepreneurial spirit. Have you always had an entrepreneurial spirit or do you think that it kind of just evolved almost maybe when you were in law school, maybe whenever you were inspired or maybe as you, you were kind of in some ways forced to 
not forced, but you had to start your own practice, right? Like, I, I guess I'm kind of wondering, like, did, was it, it's, did it already exist in you or do you think it like more like it came to fruition after you started your practice? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think, um, or a good question. I think I have to look at my family. Um, I think it's probably in me from my family. My grandparents came from, um, Chile and settled in Los Angeles and opened up a, a corner store. And so they ran a store when my dad was growing up. And, um, by the time I was born, it was gone and stuff, but that's kind of all I know about the entrepreneurial side of my family, but that doesn't just come from nowhere. I'm sure there's other people in my family who were also the same way. Yeah. And then they raised my dad. My dad grew up seeing that. So my dad has been probably the biggest supporter of me doing this. Mm. Um, he's an immigrant and immigrants are, have different mentalities about, you know, the lands of opportunity and creating your own destiny. Cause they've done it, they do it. And yeah. so, um, he's always actually told me that I should start my own business, a, an HR consulting business. He mm -hmm. always told me that. And so he's always been a big proponent of us. Um, my brothers and I kind of doing our own thing and paving our own path and having a side hustle and making money of our own talents and gifts and such. I never did it before, yeah. but um, when I was, you know, deciding to do it, he was the number one cheerleader for that. Your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. So what does, um, what does success look like to you? Mm. Success looks like living on my own terms, creating a life for my daughter on my own terms of my own values and um, being able to live the life that I want, um, as I see fit, I, I know that might sound a little bit vague, but, um, you know, being able right now, I travel for business a lot, um, for conferences and meetings and all of that. And I take my daughter with me on every single one. And so that's what I mean. It's creating a life where she has great, great memories and great experiences that perhaps she, she definitely wouldn't have if I, I had a traditional nine to five and her friends don't have. And, um, and so it's being able to give her, uh, wonderful experiences in life as I see fit. I have a feeling that you are going to be a huge inspiration for her and probably one of her biggest cheerleaders as well, because it's going to be, yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how old is she right now? She's nine. Okay. She's nine. Right. So she's starting to she really understands, like she knows what being a lawyer is about, right? She's like at this point where she's really starting to look up to you. A lot of the things and the actions that you're taking on a daily basis, um, you know, she's, she's, she grasps that, right? I'm sure she understands, um, you know, the challenges that you're facing and also the successes that you are also. So yeah. what are you going to tell her if she says, Hey mom, decided I want to go to law school. Oh my gosh. Yes. I tell, I tell her all the time. She showed that she's going to be my partner oh, I and love so, it. <laughs> by the time she's ready, you know, I'll hand yeah. her the firm yeah. and she can do her thing and she'll have it all ready, ready made for her. And she can 
step in and such. But if she wants to, she doesn't have to. Um, So yes, I would absolutely um, encourage her to go to law school, just like I do anyone who has any sort of dream or hint that they would like to, or has any sort of gifts that align well with, you know, practicing law, like being able to speak, being able to write. Um, Because I don't think that, I know, at least in my experience, I was never encouraged to go to law school, um, despite having great parents and going to great schools. Um, And I'm not really sure why that was, possibly because it's not as common of a of a profession for, um, Latinos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm committed to encouraging people to, to go to law school, specifically Hispanic girls, um, because there's not as many of us in the profession. So what piece of advice would you give to a young girl who, let's say she's still in college and she's like, Hey, you know, Valerie, I'm thinking of, and she's a Hispanic girl. Let's say that she's thinking about going to law school. What piece of advice would you give her um, as she makes that decision? Yeah. Oh, well, I would just tell her to do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, would, I would encourage her to think about, you know, what she wants to accomplish. Typically when they say things like that, they want to help people. Yeah. And what I see is a lot of people, um, a lot of Hispanic girls, at least in in LA, in my area, and this is totally anecdotal, this is not based on research, seem to be funneled into sort of um, social work and psychology, all wonderful professions, necessary professions. Um, But um, what I usually talk to them about is how they want to help and who they want to help. And rather than, you know, helping people once they're, um, once they're in sort of dire straits, perhaps, you know, what if you could help people prior to that, even avoid all of that with, um, creating and helping to perpetuate laws that help people instead of hinder people, or, you know, just kind of asking them questions about that. Of course, there's different areas of law where you help people once they're in dire straits, of course, and that's necessary too. Um, but then I talked to them about, you know, their earning potential. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could, if you could literally go to school, maybe one more year and triple your earning potential, would that be worth it to you at some point in your life? And the answer is probably yes. Right. There's some pretty good ROI there. <laughs> yeah. And you may not think it now because you're, you know, 25, you don't have expenses. Yeah. But trust me, that is that gets very real at a later point in life that you need to make money like right. that. Right. And you and especially like once you have children, like you have, like you said, you want to give them an amazing life and as many opportunities as possible uh, for them yes. as well. Yes. Okay, exactly. you have not been out of law school for very long. Um, you graduated in 2019, you passed the bar in, in 2020. Um, if you could write yourself a little note, like let's just like envision like a time capsule, right? <laughs> let's say <laughs> you could write yourself a note um, back to the day that you graduated from law school, knowing what you know now, three years later, what would you tell Valerie? Uh, I would tell her that she has everything she needs to be able to do this, that there is no reason she cannot do this that her life is evidence that she can do this and 
that it's within her power and her choice to be successful or not. And she just needs to decide, decide to be successful and you will be successful. But until you decide it, it will never happen. Mm. Maybe you should write a note to your little girl that says those very words, right? That she can yes. open graduation day. That would be really cool. Oh, so, that's such a good idea. What, <laughs> um, what's next for you? What's next for you and your practice? Well, I'm actually, I'm this morning, I was working on my 2023 business plan. So I'm dreaming for the next year and the next few years. Um, growth, just future growth, more growth. I just hired um, my second employee. And um, in 2023, I will hire more and give more people opportunities to change their lives as well. Because that's what that's what I'm committed to. Um, so future growth. I'm also, I also got engaged recently. I met a wonderful man three years ago Thank you. <laughs> and we're planning a wedding in January. So a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crazy timelines, and a lot of change <laughs> coming up. Um, we've lived with my parents, uh, for a long time. They've helped me raise my daughter. And so we'll be moving out. And so again, a lot of change on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And just trying to manage that really. <laughs> I have a feeling that you are going to be able to manage this just fine. And it's going to be an amazing 2023 for you. Thank, um, you. thank you so much for hanging out with me and sharing a little bit of your journey. It's been just super interesting. And I'd love to, for you to tell people where um, they can, they can find you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Susie. Likewise. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and all the social media. My um, name is at SGV Law. And then online on my website, www.sangabrilvalleylaw.com. Awesome. Thank you again, my friend, for hanging out with me. And we'll meet again. Thank yes, you. please. Thank you, Susie. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Bliss Conversations. If you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys, be sure to join the Legally Bliss community at legallyblissed.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Susie Nixon. See you next time.